Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and being excited about t-shirts that actually fit. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pi or Pi Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. Next time, instead of saying, I will echo what they said, just yell the words back in actual echo across the echo, conference room echo, or echo. in the Zoom. The intended added emphasis will be dramatically improved. <laughs> Today on the show, we're talking with Yas Erkan, Senior Director of Engineering at PEX.com. Thank you for coming on the show, Yas. I'm yeah, very we're really excited here. you're here. Thanks. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so dive in, Yas. I've known you for a while, and I haven't dug through all of this, so I'm actually pretty excited to hear about all of the background. Uh, maybe you told me one of the first times we met, but it's been a while. So dig all the way back. Talk to us about your path into leadership, how you got to where you are today. Um, and, uh, and we'll dig into pieces as you go, but we will interrupt where, you. Yeah. All right. Start Please. wherever makes the most sense. Feel free to interrupt me. And I hope that I'll, I'll, I'll give you some new information for you as well, Kindle. Um, so, um, originally from Turkey, uh, I studied in France. So I, I started my career in France. I did a, uh, computer science, um, computer science degree with, um, I guess what I would, what I could call a double major in business management and computer science masters. So, um, so wait, before, oh, sorry. Okay. Before yeah, you right go away, wow, already. anywhere here, um, do you speak French as well as you speak English? Uh, yes. So, uh, oh, yes, yes. So at least three languages. Are there, are there others? Uh, my Spanish is definitely rustier than the others. <laughs> Okay, but that's 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 very impressive. I love languages. Okay. I love languages. Uh, I did. I did a few years of German. Unfortunately, uh, for some reason, it didn't qualify for uh, for the language that I uh, that I loved. But uh, I really, I really uh, love languages. So, cool. and and then in France, you, you, your first job was in France out of school. That's correct. So um, I had a. Now I'm going to be probably giving away my age, but um, <laughs> that was around. Uh, in the second half of the 90s, I was coming out of, I had a six-month in, six internship, actually a long internship. And because internet started to happen as I, when I was in, in, in college, uh, I discovered this thing called the web page. So uh, the university gave us like personal pages. Oh, and wow. in those days where, you know, IRC was something and there was uh, Mosaic, not, not like mm -hmm. Netscape was not around. Um, so when, sure. when it was happening, a lot of, a lot of blinks, uh, a lot of interesting tiled background uh, pages in, in HTML yes. pages. So I was one of the probably first ones at, around me, at least, uh, getting into it. Um, because my getting into computer science actually didn't happen necessarily uh, very traditionally. Like I wasn't in love with computers when I was 12. I didn't build my first robot robot when I was seven or something like that. So I was very much- But you choose much... to go to college and study. So like, this has happened sometimes. So this is where you're going, right? Yeah. Okay. So Fair I enough. was very much, I was torn between arts and science. So uh, part of me wanted to become a molecular biologist. So I was in love with biology at the time. I'm still, I still love uh, some of the uh, subjects that I love are like evolution and and, uh, mind and neuroscience and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and the, the, the other part of me was like between arts and, and, and science. So I never thought that I was going to work in computer science. So, um, mm. after high school, I got into, and I went to France, but my idea was to study architecture. So I, I, uh, got the, uh, I aced the, the exam and, um, 
at, just before the enrollment, like a while before the enrollment, my dad said, you know, why don't you talk to some of my friends uh, who are architects and, and, and they can tell you what they're doing and see, see, it's exactly what you think, you know, your expectations. Mm -hmm. But I was in France already. So um, I found a friend of a friend who had been working for 10 years or so. And I followed him in his, uh, at his work for a week. Uh, it was an amazing eye-opener. I think like my, my dad's recommendation was definitely a turning moment in my life because I noticed that um, I was completely romantic about, about architecture. My idea of sure. being an architect was not, didn't necessarily match the reality. So uh, this friend of a friend showed me what he was working on, his real project. Uh, it was so this person was an of, architect. He was an architect okay, yeah, yeah. for, he had been an architect for 10 years. Uh, he told me about how grinding it was to start his career. He, he had sent like 300 CVs to get one desk job. Whereas some of his friends, because they knew people, they started on like those amazing, uh, air, airport projects and that kind of stuff. So it was, wow. um, maybe I wasn't passionate enough, you know, maybe that was the, my test. And I thought, Hmm, this is not. It's going to be exactly what I wanted. I have to deal so, with uh, people. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> then, 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 then I've I've always been good at at you know math and science and physics and stuff. So I thought I'll study those first two years in in uh, university in France, which there are there are common uh, um, common years, and then. Uh, you know, along those lines, I got into uh, this uh, section that taught um, computer science as well as business management. And yeah, so and then the rest is history. So when I got out, I uh, thanks to my HTML skills, I got into this uh, uh, startup uh, that hired me for uh, for like six months as an intern. Uh, I had, I remember those days, I had the only computer that was connected to the internet via dial-up. I was a new tech guy uh, and, um, and they were happy with me. So they hired me afterwards and uh, we, they had a successful exit. We had a successful exit. Um, a, a Canadian multinational bought us. So we became bigger first in France. I was in Lyon, beautiful city, by the way. Uh, um, and then uh, they offered me a job in Ireland. Oh, wow. So um, the, the, the company, uh, uh, the multinational company, I think we were, we were at the time in 27 countries. So they, the idea was to open a development center, software development center in, uh, in Ireland, Republic of Ireland. So uh, long story short, uh, I, I decided to go there as, a, as an engineering manager. So for me, it was yes. You know, I get a promotion, more money, more control, uh, more authority, and clouds. Uh -huh. and yeah, and it was less, not at all like less that. programming. Had you yeah. moved on from HTML at that point, or had oh, what yeah. was your experience so, uh, in there? That was the years where Java was becoming something. So uh, my, my first experience was definitely with C. Uh, I don't know if some uh, some mm -hmm. of the listeners might might remember the CGI script. So that was definitely yeah. my first way of of getting into web clients, so building uh, web clients. Um, and then got into Java. I still remember my first book, Learn Java in 21 Days or something mm -hmm. like that. That had come out like first edition probably. Mm -hmm. uh, doing some Dukes dancing on a web page. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, got in, I got into like into that and built a part of the team that built a big applet at the time. That was a uh, very heavy client-side uh, client application for 
the document management system that we were developing. So the industry was engineering, so 3D CAD-CAD systems for, for mm-hmm. big engineering uh, manufacturing, etc. So the industry is very was interesting, definitely. And then my work was definitely interesting. I was I, I was riding that wave, first wave of of web and uh, all the new exciting technologies. Some of some were less like Corba and stuff, but uh, <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. Cool. So I ended up in Ireland as an engineering manager. So that that's how I got into management, uh, even though and, that was. And- well, finish your thought first, and then I'm even ask. though that was only that was short lived. So I can totally talk about that. How disappointed I was, got back into being IC because that's exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, so so in that, I mean, your love for languages did that com- did that translate to computer languages? Are you also like I want to know Rust and C and Java and all the things, or is it that? I mean, I recognize Haskell. it's pretty different, but it's also kind of the same. So I'm curious. Yes, I, I was. I've been definitely. So one of the things I loved about uh, computers when I got into it is like, oh, you know, I don't need to be doing things necessarily with my hands to be a creative. So for me, it was a way of quote unquote expressing and creating something. So I really tried to look at it from a from an art and craft point of view. I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to write something in whatever language. I learned Pascal and C at the time, C++ and then Java. Uh, and then this was a creative uh, endeavor for me. So mm-hmm. I saw it that way rather than, rather than um, uh, I guess, academic or educational side of I'm going to learn as, mu- as many languages as I, as I want. So may, probably language was the tool that, l- that helped me build things. I, I always saw it that way. Okay. So then, so okay. you said, you mentioned briefly while you were, <clears throat> excuse me, describing your, your, like when you moved to Ireland before that, you said you built a team. Was that, uh, that was just like a tech lead or how did that work? Yeah, no, not really. I was part of the team that were very oh, small that team that, okay. that, that built the application. Sorry. I, I right. probably, so uh, then you moved to Ireland promotion. I'm in charge of people. I get yes. to tell people what to do. And what happened that made you decide no, this was wanna, not for you? <laughs> we have to ask the question. Tell us about your disillusionment. Yes, yes. That's, that's, that's exactly what we're about it. To that's hear. exactly it. And 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 uh, um, there's definitely. And I'm writing. Hopefully, it's one of those blog posts that I'm trying to write. Is uh, there are definitely a lot of good lessons there. And looking back, it's almost funny. This was like 20 years ago, actually, even a little more than 20 years ago. I was uh, uh, very junior still. I, ha- I had had like only a few years of ex- coding experience and, and, and professional experience. Uh, so, uh, and, and on top of that, the, uh, my organization, as I discovered, was um, mildly or highly dysfunctional. So uh, that 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 became yeah what a surprise right big big corporate <laughs> uh, and uh, so that that created a big disappointment for me so uh, I didn't get any now looking back I can totally see that I, I mean I was new uh, I was junior I didn't get any support uh, I hadn't had any good uh, good. Uh, mentor, role model, no good manager whatsoever. I hope my 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 first manager isn't listening to this. <laughs> Clearly, uh, they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could have been better, and I wasn't obviously good at giving feedback either because uh, like radical candor, I didn't know at the time. Uh, so yeah, I, it it probably lasted like six six months or so, and I I had I started to have my doubts. I wasn't 
as close to the technology as I wanted. I was itching for this uh, shorter, um, shorter gratifications and trying to create. And I wasn't getting that. Yeah. I wasn't getting that that feeling that I was creating something uh, um, through others. Uh, so, uh, and I was definitely a bad manager at the time. So, uh, you know, I didn't know a lot of the things that I know now. Uh, so, uh, uh, two, two times I tried to come to the U S at, uh, and first time I got offered a job in Ireland. So I, I had to turn down the H1B. The second time I applied for another job in South California for another H1B. And then, uh, I met a recruiter who told me about this amazing technical architect job as a, at a growing startup again. And I thought, you know the the job job quality over pay or whatever. I said, okay, I'm just gonna refuse that H1B as well the second time and go with the uh, the Irish company who's that's growing. So I joined them as a hands-on. Uh, at the time, the title was architect. So I, I presume today it would have been so you like got a to be an architect. Senior. <laughs> exactly. I ended up being an architect hey. after what uh eight years or so mission accomplished, <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. so this I, role you, was you made oh, the ahead, joke and i just now connected the dots i was really slow there but uh sorry keep going thanks rachel rachel's following <laughs> mm, i'm paying attention i got a good night's sleep last night um so so yeah so you went to ireland for this startup and what kind of a role so you were you're a senior architect you're you were individual uh contributor but you obviously had some technical leadership. What did you learn there? So, yes. And that's my, my first year in Ireland was at my uh, large corporation job. Mm-hmm. And then, and, yeah. And then in, in 2000, I joined the, uh, the, the, the small company growing, fast growing company. Um, so there was a lot of good responsibility there because I was hired as the highly technical person. So um, it was a, um, uh, we were not a product company, so we were developing different. Uh, so we were not developing our own products at the time. So we were doing bespoke development, project development for uh, other companies, mostly R&D American companies. kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's actually where I got to experience uh, a lot of good technologies. I guess I had to. I was proud to be still a, a hands-on uh, part of the, the different teams. The good thing for me was that I was involved with more than one project at a time, so it was definitely a, a very fun, um, fun role uh, to be to be to be in at the time. And my sure. uh, my real, uh, I guess my real quote unquote real uh, my first real management experience or leadership experience started there when the company grew. We had a uh, we had a architecture group where I was the chief architect with nine other architects, some of whom had their own reports, uh, et cetera. I see. And so okay. what, what did you and learn there in terms of like, yeah. what was the first thing that, that occurred that came to you as a leadership thing? Sure. And so my first years, I was still reluctant to go back to people management. So, uh, my, my clear message to my manager, uh, at the time was, I don't want to get into that. Like I got burned by it. I didn't really like it. Humans are messy. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I want to deal with computers who are at least uh, easier to debug, etc. Um, uh, but I started to, and at the time, my my manager was definitely uh, somebody that 
that, that who was inspiring. I really liked to work with him. So as the company grew, I saw the opportunity there to build a team. And, uh, and also, I felt almost like I was partly cheating because the, the architecture group uh, had very senior people who didn't necessarily need a lot of hand-holding. Uh, they were uh, used to being autonomous uh, self-starters. Um, and, uh, and interestingly enough, uh, all of them, in certain areas, if not all, were better than I was. So it was a very hum uh, humble humbling. experience, yeah, yeah. humbling experience. So uh, one of the first things that I got from that is I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer anymore. So uh, uh, like I'm not here to tell people what to do, but together uh, bring our teams together and get the uh, uh, information flow better across the company and also uh, achieve achieve better things. So, and is that is that what kept you in it was having an experience where, like, what got you out of it was getting into a management role and finding out, hey, I you know I kind of miss creating. I I feel removed from it. It's difficult to have that tangible result, and you know I'm not quite sure I'm ready to be removed from that. But now you're in this other spot. You're working with highly efficient people, so maybe you're just seeing the result a little bit closer. Or what? What is it that like? Did you feel? Was it a power rush? Like, what are the things that got you excited about doing it and kept you in leadership after that? Um, the second go round. I think the second time I realized that the influence, the circle of influence, is bigger when when you are in a supportive, good organization with the good team. So, uh, and it, it's not necessarily very taxing. So in that, I was very fortunate. Uh, that's, that's what I meant earlier on uh, with having good team, team members in the team. So I didn't feel like the management part was a draining part. I still, I still could write code and I, I, I was still writing certain, uh, certain parts. I was still on that. I could still be on that critical path that, that, I wasn't necessarily bottleneck every time. So I got that rush, uh, that, that kick out of writing code, as well as working with other people oh and also realizing certain things like, uh, you know, I can, I can ask questions rather than telling them what to do or maybe give feedback or maybe ask them, ask them for feedback about how I can do my job better or how I can support them better or be a better conduit between uh, the, the, the co-founders and, and, and then it sounds like it was a really yeah. a growing time for you. How long were you there and what happened next? So um, I stayed in that role for three, four years before. And, and again, it's a it's a success story in, in, in the one sense. We got acquired by a, a quite large American company, which also allowed me to ask for a transfer to to the U.S. Um, so hmm. Ireland was an amazing country. Uh, an amazing people. So I have I have very dear friends still, um, and the reason why uh, my first idea of staying to three years became uh, like very long was due to due to people that are my connections. Uh, um, but after a while, I think the weather got to me. So uh, my wife and I decided <laughs> <laughs> no more rain, no more cloudy days. Let's oh, go somewhere man. sunny. And, okay. Uh, and strangely enough, at the time, my wife, uh, her last job as an HR manager, she was working for a Seattle-based company, and they were trying to get her to move to Seattle. <laughs> to and Seattle. she was saying, no, you know, if we ever move 
and I, I had this conversation with her about London as well, because my one of my ideas was, was you know, to move to London. She said, no, if we're moving, it's for better weather. Okay, I said, perfect. At least we know yeah. what to optimize for. And we had really good <laughs> friends in, uh, in uh, Denver and Boulder. Uh, we came to visit them. Uh, and then we pulled the trigger, so to speak, and, and asked for, for a transfer. And my company was supportive enough uh, to, to move me here. And I had a during three years, I continued to work with the Irish operations and also with the American operations um, as a senior manager slash still the chief technical uh, chief technical architect chief architect hat with the Irish company. But the uh, the uh, corporate was moving me towards less technical directorship role, which I didn't like. I said, okay, you know, it's time to go back to smaller companies, startups. And um, that's what I did five years ago, and um, and I joined a smaller growing company again. Back to the back to the roots. Well, and that was and that that smaller growing company. Did you join as CTO, or did you grow into that role, or what was? That was the VP of technology role, and it was okay. and again like one of those uh, uh, inflated titles in, in smaller <laughs> companies. But but I had the product and the engineering and the. Uh, the infrastructure DevOps reporting to me, so uh, sure. uh, that, that, that it was it was a uh, again it was a great it, this was in automotive, so um, we were developing the um, the interfaces between uh, the dealers the dealer systems and the uh, the big manufacturers like Daimler and and Porsche and yeah uh, Nissan so uh, it was an interesting industry as well and as you can imagine some parts are definitely part of the old industry things are not moving fast etc manufacturing uh, involved manufacturing yeah, exactly yeah. so getting getting them uh, the dealer side was usually very um, uh, nimble and they were more flexible the manufacturing side was really hard to move so there were some challenges there as well um, but uh, the, the 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 work was interesting and my role was definitely interesting I worked with some uh, very uh, inspiring people in my team uh, whom I still work with, uh, actually with one of them after two jobs. Uh, is, is cool when that me. happens. Yeah. You get to build your own team well, like the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. so, so, I mean, I want to hear a few, like, like we, we got to finish the story, but also like back to your, yes, maybe the title's inflated, but you're also responsible for an awful lot of the organization. Like, like exactly. I think, you know, on the one hand, yes, you command a much smaller budget than say somebody who's a director at, Salesforce, right? But 100%. on the other hand, you can literally cave in the company, and so the the ability, you know, the the the, <laughs> the purview that you have, Kendall? the responsibility you have, <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, uh, I mean, I just think I, I think like on the one hand, yes, I see why they're inflated, and on the other hand, I also think an executive at even a smaller company is handling a very different purview than a much. It doesn't matter how big your budget is or what the other things are. You're responsible for some different things, and I think you learn a lot in that responsibility, even if it's at a smaller org. But so then. So VP of technology and then, and, and then a CTO with a friend of a friend who needed a non-founding CTO for his hopefully growing startup. Um, that lasted for a year. Uh, one of the, I guess, main reasons why is like we couldn't, the, the, the round, the next round was right around the corner, but it never happened. So basically yeah. that, so yeah. we, we never reached that, uh, uh, no escape velocity. Yes, but yeah. thankfully, like after after the um, 
after the his the company's the startup became CEO only, it grew back. And um, last summer he raised a, a, a good round. So oh, awesome. um, yeah, oh. it was it was still good. Well. And then now you're senior director of engineering. What's the title again? Remind me. Yes, I guess on paper is senior director of engineering. So it's head of engineering, head of core engineering, which because we have different different parts as well. So uh, right. Well, so that so I, I wanted to hear. I mean, now and and how big is Pex where you are today? How how many? People? Um, I think seventy five ish. We we are really hiring fast. So uh, I need to check uh, who else hired this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that same spot with my company too. Like, how many are we this week? It's, yeah, it's distracting. Yeah. Well, so what's the, what is the feeling like you've been at these small places that got swallowed by bigger places? You've been in leadership roles, individual contributor roles, architecture roles. Like, um, you know, what, what's it like in the, the bigger organization, the huge organization, the small startup? Like, why is it that you stay in these startups? What is it that you like about it? And what are you liking about what you're doing right now? So I, I guess the typical answer would be the impact, right? You, you, can, you can notice your own, even as an individual contributor, you know that you are one of the rowing members of a small, uh, small team. So, uh, um, and one of the interesting thing, actually, you, uh, Kendall, earlier on, you mentioned being a VP of technology, I had a, I had more, uh, more influence or, or more responsibility. Yes, like, that's definitely one of them is, for better, or for worse, you have those switches for type one, uh, type one uh, decisions, like you can make or break the company by by your decisions. They're not, uh, as, as Jeff Bezos would say, you know, they're not, they're not all type two decisions where you can just get through the wall, get through the, the door and then go come back. So one of those, some of those type one decisions are really important. They're milestone, milestones for the company. You're deciding on the vision and long-term uh, strategy. So those are really, really appealing. Part, being part of that, really appealing, but not necessarily for the authority reasons. Uh, it always goes back to that, I guess. Uh, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like, uh, uh, you know, I have a, Carrot, carrot on my desk, and a stick on my desk, and a, and a blowhorn on my desk. So that's not the that's not the appeal. And and I definitely um, learned that and came to realize that have come to realize that, realize that in the probably last seven eight years, compared to my my first years in in management. So uh, uh, what I love about it is to work with people and to be able to. Uh, lead by example, uh, I'm hoping, and then also um, try to learn things like sit back, uh, don't don't be the first one to answer to to the things, ask questions rather than rather than uh, give recommendations, and um, and and hiring always um, smarter people than I am, so that I don't I don't feel like I have to tell them things. Yeah. So yeah, this this is right goes right into our question about uh, your relationship with authority. Is that where you were going, Kendall? I saw you were about to ask a question. Well, I have a follow up question to oh, the authority question, but you can ask the authority question. All right. Well, you're sort of going there already. Yeah. So, uh, your obviously your relationship with authority has changed, um, given your first experience and your current experiences. Um, but how do you feel about having authority over other people? Like now you actually, people report to you, you do their annual reviews, you're in charge of their compensation. 
you can make a, you, it's a type one decision for them sometimes, right? The things that you get to decide. So how do you feel about that, about having that kind of authority over others? And how do you feel about others having authority over you? Yeah. And um, as a, uh, as a listener of your podcast, so, you know, I, I know that you asked that. You know, this, this is question. coming. Yeah, I know this is coming. Uh but it, is, it it is not necessarily easy. So uh, as you said, there are two parts of that. So uh, one of the interesting things I I, I uh, came to appreciate is the managing up part. Uh, even even you know I, like everybody knows that they say um, uh, people leave uh, managers more than they 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 leave what other things in, in companies. So I try not to be that type of manager. But but I work with that type of people, and 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 I know how. Uh, grinding that can become um so uh and also i realized that when you're looking for a job uh, and i didn't know that in the beginning for, I, I, it's really hard to imagine why i didn't even pay attention to that uh meeting your meeting that the person that you, you're going to report to is as important if not more important than the quality of the job the salary the the, the compensation package yeah. etc so that that relationship is going to allow you to grow or not grow. Um, so managing up becomes an interesting part of that, the authority. So uh, uh, working with the person who's who's going to support you, who's going to help you grow, um, and then hopefully who's going to accept your feedback as well. So I'm hoping that when I start a new job, when I start a new relationship, I ask, I say, I'm going to try to be as candid as possible. Are you happy for me to give that feedback? And, and, and I'm really hoping that they would say yes. And I have that conversation with uh, people I, that are higher and that, who work with me as well. Um, so I'm working like that. I'm going to try to give you timely feedback. Um, are you happy with that? And in, in exchange, I'm really hoping your honest feedback to guide me. Uh, and PEX is, is an amazing place for that. My, my uh, current company is that we have a um, uh, true... Uh, true autonomy um very forgiven environment for 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 making mistakes even for voicing your opinion against the the founder the ceo uh so nobody gets punished for that that type of stuff so i love working in an environment like that because it makes being a manager much uh more enjoyable much better experience and so um Thank you. First of all, that's a, that's a great answer. And, and well, and in relation to, I mean, right now we're doing a bunch of hiring and uh, the one team that's hiring the most people, I know that the hiring manager is like, I'm just tired. And so I'm trying to move some of the interviews off his plate to someone else's. And, uh, and he's like, but I have to meet the people who are going to work for me. And yes, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. I'm not going to make you hire someone you never got to meet, even if the rest of the team signed off. Uh, and, but, but your point of, you know, I always found it when I was interviewing that like I would read a job description of a company and then I would interview with them and be like, I don't want to work there. That's terrible. Everything about that was horrifying. Or the other way around, I would read some job description that sound boring as hell. And then I'd go interview and I'd be like, fuck yeah, I want to work for these people. Right. And, uh, and so much of it is that, that people interaction. And that's, that's really, you know, more important than it being a name that's huge or what are the other things. But um, one thing I want to ask you about this is, um, you know, you, you grew up in Turkey. How old were you when you left Turkey? Uh, 17. So 17 in Turkey, spent time in France, spent time in Ireland. 
how much of your cultural background, be that the, the things that were ingrained in you in Turkey or the things that you picked up along the way influence the way that you lead today? And is, is it obvious to you that there are cultural things you carry into the way you think about this? Actually, that's an excellent question. Um, I think there is. I think there is part of me that is, you know, growing up, the, the nurturing part is definitely there. So, it, and, and, and when you're out of that, one, when you're out of a circle, you can see the inside better. So I can definitely appreciate uh, the, the good and bad in every culture that, that I was fortunate to experience. So, uh, so Turkey would be uh, almost like, because it's geographically as well, uh, it's between the Western, uh, for, in terms of authority. It's between the western and the, the far eastern side, so it's not as extreme as uh, as extreme rest, respect demanding as the the far east or Asian some of the Asian cultures, but it's not as as how can I say that I don't Casual? want to say progressive and liberal or um, more individual as some of the uh, western mm -hmm. side. So I grew mm -hmm. up in a society where uh, respect was still a very important value. So I think I grew up with that. And, uh, and in my relations, relationships, I always respect up and down. So that is, that is a given. I don't even think about that. So uh, uh, I'm well, in that, in that where, case, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm just going to say like where in contrast, as an American, I was literally taught, like beat into me, you will question your authority always, right? Like you will question that where you came from some amount of, I'm going to just respect exactly. you because you're a so it's okay, it's something so that I had to learn or get used to more than it's really hard to uh, to put a finger on it because I've never worked in Turkey uh, professionally, uh, but mm -hmm. you know as a student or as a, a as a child uh, with my parents, I know that this was uh, this was part of the culture and and this is of course generalization, uh, but there is less less of a rebel and individual in me when I look at how my 10-year-old uh, son is growing up these now. Uh, even the school system is geared toward that, giving the confidence to the individual to be in front of the school every, every week and present something. He, he prepares that and he presents it. And, and you know, this is such a, such a strange concept for, uh, let's say, a Turkish school, even some of the Western European schools. I mean, that, that's not part of that. Mm -hmm. So I think U.S. also culturally is in a, in a um, in, in my opinion, in a better way now, now that I'm in it. Uh, in, I, I, and Ireland is similar to, to US in that, in that sense, uh, because working in the, um, in, a, in UK or, or Ireland or, or, or the US, you feel like you don't have to be formal for the sake of being formal. A lot of you know, you're not, yeah. yeah, you're not addressing royalty every time you write an email. <laughs> But well. like, I, I don't know if you've ever tried that in, in France or in Switzerland. Uh, there are salutations that you have to respect. People mm -hmm. still ask if you're, you're 50, but people still ask you what school you graduated from. You know, what the hell is this? Why, why would you even why, matter? Why, yeah. why does that even matter 30 years after? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there is, there is a bit of elitist uh, almost move there as well for, for that type of stuff. And so I, I, I want to ask one more question about this before we move on to uh, another topic. But so you you uh, arrived in the leadership scene and have been you know a leader for a while now, uh, and you're more accustomed or more comfortable with some level of reciprocal respect, uh, formality perhaps a little bit. Have you had people reporting to you who are just like utterly not that way, and you felt disrespected, and how did you address that? Um. 
yes, <laughs> not not necessarily. You know, not necessarily uh, disrespectful, being very impolite and 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 you know, uh, cursing or 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 pushing me, like being physical or anything like that. But um, being abused, yes, that that definitely happens. So I, I'm I'm a easy easy person to trust others. So I would prefer to give my, I, I know I, I grew up in a household where my parents were complete opposite in that. So I think I'm, I'm more like my dad in that where I would like, I would prefer to, to, uh, uh, to give my trust and then, and then develop the relationship like that, which unfortunately sometimes means that mm-hmm. I, you know, I get disappointed. Get taken advantage of. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, th- there has been cases uh, where I had you know, bad hires or, or uh, for whatever reason, uh, that I couldn't, I couldn't manage to change the the behavior that I wanted to see uh, with with people. Yeah. Well, so I want to I want to ask about that. I'm I'm 100 the same way. I am overly trusting to a fault. Like I, there was yeah. um, in it in one job that I had, they did this you know like personality assessment, and they said uh, you know Kendall, you have the will get taken advantage of. Teeny, you know, tendency or whatever. Uh, like you're going to try, you're going to look somebody in the eye and they're going to say they need a hundred thousand dollars for a bandaid. And you're going to be like, Oh yeah, well that's, I guess it you must be right. That's right. Well, and, and I've made a conscious decision that I would rather be overly trusting and have my trust regularly broken, then go into every relationship with my, you know, squinting my eyes at people and a little like, oh, I'm not going to trust you until you earn it. Damn it. You know, like, I- I'm glad I'm disposed this way. And I'm, g- I'm going to stay that way. And I'm curious if, if you feel good about it, or if it you, you wish you were a little more, a little less trusting. No, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good about myself about that. Uh, and it, it also, uh, you know, I gave the first examples that came to me was about, um, the people that that I hire that work with me, but obviously it works the other way as well. Like, uh, so when I meet my uh, future employer or the founder, uh, it is I have to be really, you know, I have to put those goggles on to say, okay, you know, I have to be questioning uh, everything because I am getting into this relationship. I don't want to assume things or. Or, yeah. you know, just because I wish they're good at that doesn't mean they're good at that. So I would like to understand <laughs> the background and everything. Yeah, I probably do some sure. more due diligence, but um, yeah, I'm, I guess, predisposed to to be taken advantage of at some stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, and and I'm very much there. And, it, and, and often um, I have to have other people point out this person is not living up to what you think they should be living up to or what you think they are living up to. And until somebody points it out, I'm, you know, I don't notice because I'm just like, ah, oh, they're probably fine. And uh, I mean, that causes all kinds of problems. But yeah, sadly, as, yes. especially as a woman in tech, I'm a little more suspicious in general, but I think that's just an occupational hazard. Um, but uh, I'm let's sure move that's on. Sure. <laughs> I am yeah, less sure. relentlessly <laughs> positive. Um, I want to know, uh, so you've become a leader, uh, and you are continuing in that path. How has that affected your personal life? Is it uh, positive and negative? Are there both aspects? And if so, what is that like? Yeah, it's, uh, it's mostly positive. The, the, the only part that is, that I can say, uh, is not positive. It's probably the, the added responsibility and, uh, caring for other people. So I, I think, uh, I'm in one of those uh, personality tests. 
I'm a high helper. So, uh, you know, I, I, I go, I, I'm not sure banning backwards is the right way of putting it, but I do everything I can to help people. So if I have struggling members of my team, that takes some energy, mm-hmm. some energy off me. Um, so yeah. in, you know, for that type of thing, I think my job is it's, it's hard to turn off the computer and my code is checked in and I'm, I'm walking away. So I don't think that I'm living the, my management the same way for, for better, or for worse. Uh, but on the other yeah, hand, yeah, sorry. Well, I was just going to say your empathy is probably a huge asset, but exactly. also can be a burden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, just like everything, you know, that th- those are the trade-offs, I think. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, for example, one of the uh, milestones, like turning moments in my life was, was being, becoming a father. So I can, and it, again, it's like, I don't want to, I definitely don't compare uh, the people in my team to my son or anything like that. But there are so many interesting parallels with, the, with be, being a father and being a good, good, good manager is like those, those active listening skills, uh, leading by questions, uh, being patient definitely. And uh, yeah, so uh, that was also part of me uh, where I realized, oh, interesting, you know, like uh, my managerial qualities that I've been trying to develop are also going to help me to become a better husband or better, better father. Yeah. So it's taken something a little bit away from your personal life because it takes up a lot of your emotional bandwidth and possibly some of your time as well that you might prefer to spend with your family. But also it is, it is like taught you something about being a caring parent. You know, That's correct. About- and also it's a discussion point. My, my wife is, she, she's not an HR manager anymore, but she was in HR for a long time. So she's also my coach slash counsel at some stage. And I was, so I have this case and I tell her, uh-huh. why, and she gives me some, some information back and we, we debate. Uh, yeah. So oh, I also carry some of that leadership. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I carry some of that. Actually, interesting enough, she's, she was a manager teacher. So she used to, sorry, manager trainer. So you should train managers for uh-huh. one of her works at Marriott Lucky. in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Some <laughs> of the books are and... hers behind me. Lucky for you and for the people who have worked for you. That's cool. Yes. Kendall? Uh, well, I don't know. I have a, I have a lot of thoughts about all of this, but what's what's amusing to me about this, and and Yaz, I mean, this discussion is making me realize we're more alike than I think I knew before. Um, and and again, I've, I've known you for a while, so I'm a little surprised. But the um, I, I I think it's interesting. So along the lines of the empathy, along you know, you're talking about oh, it's taught me to be a better leader or to lead with questions. And the whole time you're saying this, I'm thinking about how bad I am sometimes with my kids about that. Like <laughs> like yesterday, I picked up my daughters from dance, and they got in the car, and I was just like, "How's it going?" And they said one thing, and I was just like, "Let me tell you a story about that." Then we got home, and I was like, "They, I didn't, I didn't ask them a single question for that." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, I would have been so much better in a professional context than I was with my kids. Um, but I, I let my guard I, down. I didn't mean I excel at that. No way. So I like, <laughs> I, I think it is a typical sure. thing, right? Not, not dealing with your own family is very different from uh, dealing with other people. And it's the same way for my son. I, I mean, I play guitar. I've played guitar for all my life. But my son takes guitar lesson, lessons. I'm not teaching him because he failed. It, 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 for some reason, it's not working. So, uh, 
it's it's yeah your authority it is, well, is a different kind of authority right exactly. yeah your kid can't quit you as a manager if they mm. decide they want somebody else yes uh, that is so true. uh this it's a great segue into um one of our final questions which is uh, you play the guitar what are your hobbies outside of work and uh, and hopefully kendall knows some of those so uh, i'm a beekeeper <laughs> So that's Ooh, one of the things I, I cool. yeah, I, I, I spent some, not, not during the winter, but I spent some of my time, especially in summer with that. It's a great hobby. Uh, I recommend it to everyone. It becomes almost meditative, like a meditation at times. So you're there with your bees for an hour or two. Um, and then you get to do a lot of bee jokes, like buzzing and that kind of stuff, you know, words, word smithing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I play guitar, that's true, and uh, um, I do some wood carving every now and then if I if I find some time, and it, time is so so precious. Um, I used to play water polo until I got uh, injured a few years ago. Um, water polo, that's a serious. Yeah, that's a I serious played for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it requires being near a pool, I guess. <laughs> it was yeah, and treading water, not 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 uh, uh, drowning. I love books. I read a lot. Uh, and now more and more, I read more about uh, personal development for, for managerial and leadership skills. I also love uh, fiction books. I used to blog actually online uh, years ago about uh, books. I still get some free books from the publishers, cool. like advanced reading copies and stuff. Um, well, yeah. tell us a, tell us a leadership or personal development book that you've read yeah, recently. That's, that's that on your mind as, as impactful book that you recommend. Yes. So I have, uh, the first edition of crucial conversations behind me somewhere, but I read the second edition of that. So that, and actually I read a three trio of books that, that was really interesting. That kind of complemented each other. One of them was the, um, uh, was a stoicism book book about stoicism the other one was crucial conversations and the other one was the uh the coaching habit so for some reason i thought that there were a lot of messages that went across those mm -hmm. uh, especially the coaching habit and crucial conversations those were i think in january i read i read these three at the same time so now i'm reading the daily stoic which gives me like a something to meditate about during the day uh and then uh, i'm Almost the end of the multipliers by um, uh, by um, Liz Wiseman, I think. So it's a it's a great book about how how you can um, how you can empower your teams and and challenge them to become more rather than diminish them uh, with with bad management practices. Some of them are common sense, and some of them are are definitely eye openers. Um, and yeah, I, I read a lot of HBR Guide to Something, which is one of the things I read at, uh, at the moment is <laughs> HBR Guide to Performance Management is like how how pick the best of the worst practices type of thing <laughs> for, <laughs> for performance management. Uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. If you think of any more, Great. you can send us an email and I'll put them in the show notes when we ship this episode. I'll be happy to. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being with us. If people want to hear more about Yaz, where do they find you online? Um, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn, but I uh, I publish some blog posts on on um, Medium as well. Um, y a g i z at me dot medium dot com. So that's 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 where I write yagis dot medium dot com. Cool. Well, thank you really very much. Well, thanks so much, sir.
Yeah. And my pleasure. I can't believe that it's it's been already. Uh, I know it went by so fast. <laughs> I always am like, oh, I want to ask more questions, but yeah, that's how it yeah. goes. <laughs>